I roll with you, Neil, whatever. Whatever. No, not on this one, Michael. On this one, you're on your own. I figure this is the best thing to do. This is the best thing to do. I got plans. I'm going away after. So for me, the reward is maybe worth the stretch. But Elaine takes good care of you. You got plenty put away. You got T-bonds, real estate. If I were you, I would be smart. I would cut loose of this. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. 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 The action is the juice. It's Mike. It's Chuck. It is week 13. Hopefully you're prepping for the playoffs. Hopefully you're wrapping up some FFPC money. Uh, whatever you're about. Hope you're having a good time doing it. Um, we're going to go through the NFC slate of games or teams um, right now. And Chuck will be your bus driver. So uh, take it away, Captain. All right, starting at the top with the Arizona Cardinals. And the big story kind of every week with this team seems to be Trey McBride. And we finally got the last barrier to the Trey McBride scorched earth tour removed. Yes, Zach Ertz was waived by the team. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, McBride was dealing with a groin injury earlier in the week, but it looks like he's going to play. Um, he gets a pretty good matchup this week. Um, he looks like a league winner, uh, unfortunately, from the tight end position. Uh, on the on our most successful main event team, I actually looked back. Uh, we drafted him and then dropped him because mm. uh, he was pretty dead for the early part of the this season. But uh, definitely good to see a blue chip prospect uh, break out towards the end. Uh, this week, we also get the James Conner revenge game. Um, did not see a lot of James Conner last week in their loss to the Rams. Uh, it looks like Michael Carter. Yes. The ex jets running back is the clear backup there. So if you're looking for a playoff stash, Michael Carter is the guy. I don't really have much else this week on the, uh, the Cardinals. What about you? Connor looked weird. I watched that game and there were a couple of runs where like, he didn't like raise his knees. Like look, he was like kind of like gliding like across like a, a wood floor and he had socks on. Um, so I don't know if there's still just some injury there or something sore, something doesn't feel right. Just looking a little weird. Um, Hollywood showed up for the first time in a month. Um, whatever. I mean, I hope I wish you, I would have sold him when I could have uh, like week seven. Um, and then Kyler back to back 20 point games, uh, 18, 23, 20 in his last three weeks. So yeah, he's going to be a, a QB one, um, moving forward rest of season and, and good for you if you held on to him. Moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's going to happen for Bijan. Um, in the Falcons' biggest game of the season, we saw Bijan Robinson with 39 of the 62 uh, team snaps. Um, he actually had um, two uh, snaps in the slot, one out wide 
finally getting the usage that we were hoping for out of him. Uh, 47% of the carries, 58% uh, of the routes, uh, 28.6% target share, which is really what you want to see. Gets a really, really, really nice run schedule. Weeks 15, 16, and 17 in Carolina, uh, Indianapolis, and Chicago. I think it's great to see him getting this kind of usage. However, King Arthur, Arthur Smith, continues to just make this a weird committee as we see um, a lot of usage from the backup running backs, uh, including Cordell Patterson. So in the places that I have B. John Robinson, of course, I'm happy about this, but it's also like, why can't I just feel good about this? <laughs> he's got to think he's playing like 40 chess. He's like, this run play, but what if it was Cordell Patterson? That'd be so fucking bomb, dude. Like he's he, he's either like got to think he's playing forty chess or stoned all the time. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Arthur Smith, but um, zero statistical or uh, film based uh, in insight into this. But what if Drake London had a good final month of the season? What if Drake London just kind of looked like Drake London for like three to four weeks? I mean, he's wide receiver 40 in the season right now, and I just don't think that's going to end that way. Um, 11.6 points per game? Like, no. No, he's too fucking good. Like, let's be real, guys. Um, and maybe they hit the uh, the fuck it button, um, much like the Bills did, and said, like, hey, man, if we're going to challenge for anything, this is my last stand. This is it. Um, as As the head coach of the Falcons, like, let's do it all. Um, so, I don't know. I'd... I think that would be a pretty cool little story if Drake London had a decent end to the season and, and didn't finish his wide receiver 40 on the year. Uh, but I don't have anything to go off on that besides, like, he's just extremely talented and they fucked around for a long time. To the Carolina Panthers, and it is the Chuba Hubbard backfield once again. Yes, Mr. Hubbard with the eight high-value touches, zero from Miles Sanders. Um, despite Sanders getting... Uh, 15 uh, low-value touches, uh, which is actually a pretty good game for him. Uh, Chuba clearly running ahead. That is story one. Story two, Frank Reich fired. So maybe you get a change of offensive scheme a little bit. Maybe we can see something uh, to give us some confidence in our Bryce Young dynasty shares. But, man, this looks like a lost season for for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean... I didn't feel great about the Frank Reich hiring whenever it happened. I kind of saw what he did with similar talents uh, with the Colts. Um, Not that long ago, as in last year uh, and the year before that. So this just kind of felt like inevitable. I didn't think it was going to happen in 10 weeks um, because he is a professional and I thought he could find some way to make it work, but apparently not. Uh, So, yeah, nothing interesting on this Panthers offense besides Chuba Hubbard and even uh, Adam Thielen has kind of went uh, went away and hibernated for the winter, which is a bummer. Well, at least the Panthers, uh, even though they have the worst record in the league, at least least they're on track to get the number one pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, they could get a game changer. You drop Marvin Harrison into this offense, see what happens. Oh, you can't. What'd you you trade him for? I'm sure it was good. Oh, to the beneficiaries of all this Panther misery, the Chicago Bears, and they had only 100 air yards last week. That is very hard to do uh, in the modern NFL. Yes, even though quarterback play is down this year, uh, somehow the Bears managed to find rock bottom and think, we can go lower. 
Uh, DJ Moore, however, did get uh, 13 targets, uh, 4.1 yard a dot. That's pretty shallow, but uh, absolutely massive target share. Um, in a PPR league, you will absolutely take that. Uh, DJ Moore in games with um, God, why am I blanking on the quarterback's name now? Right now, Justin nice. Fields is. Um, it's actually been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked uh, preseason about how I wanted at least one uh, DJ Moore Justin Fields stack this year. It certainly hasn't worked out, but in the games <laughs> they played together, they uh, they certainly look interesting. Uh, what do you think the the Bears are going to do next year? Are they going to roll with Fields again, or are they going to take a uh, a stab at a quarterback at what looks like the uh, 1.01? Yeah, I don't think there's any way in hell that. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Bears last year. Um, I haven't seen any improvement in terms of actually actually processing um, as an NFL quarterback. Um, I think there are teams that might give them something for Justin Fields in the hopes that uh, our situation is so bad. Um, Maybe he could do something, and I don't know what that outlet is yet, uh, in which he is a realistic um, trade target, but... Yeah, um, I think the smartest path forward for them is Drake May or uh, Caleb Williams, or even if they have the fourth pick, uh, Jaden Daniels or something. Um, I think stacking Marvin Harrison Jr. and, I mean, they have a ton of problems. You can draft any position and it's fine. Uh, but I think I think setting your rookie top five pick quarterback up for success with a DJ Moore, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, little wide receiver stack would be a fast track to getting this thing back to a respectable offense. And I think Justin Fields is, is gone. Like I'm reading it like that and I don't know where he's going. I don't have that answer yet. I'll figure it out probably at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, uh, Roshan, second best game of the year. Uh, 12 points. Um, maybe, maybe. He has a couple good weeks into the season and gives you a little bit of hope um, after. Because I don't think everybody's wrong about him. I don't think everybody watched Roshan and was like, eh, yeah, we're just completely can't can't read football anymore. Um, so, yeah, that's my Bears takes. To the Dallas Cowboys and my original notes for this uh, this team were before the Thursday night game. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we can avoid talking about this. Man, the Cowboys are super fun again. They finally transformed to the team that we were all hoping for preseason. They're throwing the ball at a hugely high rate. And what do you know? They're winning. Um, CeeDee Lamb, 17 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, has firmly joined the tier of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as the top uh top tier dynasty wide receivers uh jake ferguson congratulations if you drafted him late this year he is uh firmly in the tight end one range eight targets six catches and 77 yards and a touchdown and a couple cool highlights uh game-winning touchdown there tony pollard over the last two weeks has been very usable um low-end wide receiver i'm sorry low-end uh running back one Dak, uh, as long as we're talking about league winners, I think he's squarely on on that list. Uh, There's even um, some growing NFL MVP buzz for Dak. Defense obviously didn't have a great day at the office, uh, giving up 35 points. But uh, yeah, what did you see from the Cowboys on Thursday night? Yeah, I think Dak is playing the quarterback position better than anybody in football, maybe not named Josh Allen right now. And Josh Allen is turning the ball over uh, still quite a bit. So maybe I'm just... Dak is the best quarterback in football right now. Um, 
and they clearly listened to us um, whenever it was around like week uh, by week seven. And uh, I said, well, guys, what are you just crazy idea? Let's just try and target CeeDee Lamb 10 times a game. Uh, and since that time, there have been 14 targets, 16 targets, 13 targets, 9, 8, and then 17 um, on Thursday. And Fantasy Life doesn't have that game charted yet, so it's kind of hard to see where he's at um, on some of the season-long stuff. But, yeah, man, they're they're right there. I hope for all you Tony Pollard people, you at least get a little bit of return on investment for probably a 12th through 14th pick that you used on him. Um that one hurts if he doesn't really if his season kind of goes on like this. But he's 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 shown up. Um, doesn't quite look uh, like the player from last year yet. Um, running back six uh, is where he's vaulted at this point. Might be five after after last week. Like I said, fantasy life doesn't have week thirteen charted yet. Uh, and then Jake Ferguson, man, damn, bro. Um, he was making uh, me member of tight end you extremely proud. Um, just whooping the shit out of some of those Seahawks uh, defenders. So, yeah, they're awesome. Dak is on another level right now. Um, that gives me, you know, that tingling feeling of, are we going to do some shit this year? Um, defense was a little disappointing. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, uh, love what I'm seeing right now out of the Cowboys. And to be clear, I I know we've said league winner quite a few times. To me, League winner means final four weeks of the season. If you just sorted by weeks 12 through 17, 13 through 17, are you going to be top five at your position? Pretty much. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, and that can be a high pick. That can be a guy that just arrives on the scene um, and is changing the outcomes, uh, swaying the money in your league. But uh, that's kind of how I look at it. So, uh, whenever we're talking about Dak being a league winner, you'd be like, okay, well, he's our, he's he's rostered. People drafted him. He was like a seventh-round pick. Well, yeah. Well, he's probably going to be the QB1 final four to five weeks. So that's how I uh, kind of classify it. Yeah. Are you separating at your position? Are you providing uh, a, a real positional advantage week to week? And uh, especially relative to draft costs, but really just in, in an absolute sense, I think that's that really defines a league winner for me. All right, to the Detroit Lions, and maybe it was the game script, but uh, certainly looks like Jameer Gibbs' backfield. 71% of the snaps, 80% of the routes. Um, David Montgomery still getting a ton of the rushing work, so the actual touches end up being closer to 50 to 50. Um, But Gibbs played uh, a lot more than David Montgomery and um, is really setting up well to be a, dare I say it, league winner down the stretch. The Lions, for their part, have really shifted, really run heavy uh, over the past um, month or so. Got a PROE of negative uh, 8%. Uh, interestingly enough, so the Lions are running the ball a ton on offense. They are forcing their opponents to pass the ball a ton um, when against the Lions defense. So I think this sets up really interestingly this week for... Uh, them against the Saints. The Saints are not really like a run funnel, but they're not really also a a run stopping team either. So I think if you are playing your Lions this week, you're confidently playing both the running backs. Obviously, Amon Ra is going to be a great play. I think what's kind of interesting to discuss or at least think about is Jamison Williams. He certainly passes the eye test, 
Um, his route participation has been up over 60% uh, in the last two weeks. Um, still more of a part-time-ish guy, but um, doesn't seem to be getting uh, the amount of targets that you would need to really confidently play him. But uh, yeah, so a lot to talk about there with the Lions. What did you see? Yeah, Jamison Williams is one of those guys that the the discourse around him is so like negative and toxic that it's like a negative two round like feel around him as if he like has betrayed you and let your whole family down. Um, but in reality, this is just like the growth of a um, not a gadget player, but a, a vertical extreme vertical threat um, and a guy that doesn't contribute in a lot of other ways. Um, but you know, I think the best outcome for him moving forward is like what Jordan Addison brings you um, pretty consistently. Um, and then uh, they used Sam Laporta in quite a different way uh, last week. Um, 9.4 ADOT um, has only had one other week above uh, seven. Um, so they're stretching Sam Laporta down the field uh, vertically and trying to get him the ball. And if that continues, that's, I mean, it's already tied in four, but um, seeing that they are continuing to build out his role and find ways to get Sam Laporta the ball, um, just another check on the on the string of boxes that he's checked off this season as a rookie tight end that most don't ever. Um, but yeah, you're starting Gibbs and David Montgomery for hopes that both of them pop or at least uh, one of them gets 17 and one of them gets 10. And uh, I'm hoping it's Gibbs with the 17 consistently moving forward. To the... Mayan's opponent in um, last week, the Green Bay Packers, who have an implied team total this week of 18 and a quarter points. Way to go. Good job, guys. Um, really a surprising win um, on Thanksgiving uh, over the Lions did the did the Packers have. And I think the biggest thing to me was, oh, man, they are going to throw the ball. Uh, we talked about it with the Lions a little bit, but the Packers hit a uh, season high 13% pass rate over expected, really leaning on uh, Jordan Love, which no surprise made a lot of his pass catchers uh, viable. Tucker Kraft, uh, the second tight end that the uh, Packers drafted uh, this last year, 85% of routes, kind of just slotting right into the uh, Luke Musgrave role. Didn't have a lot of targets, so um, his targets per route run numbers, of course, don't look great, but... Um, did get a touchdown, so at the tight end position, that will that'll in, that'll put you in a uh, starting spot contention every week. AJ Dillon uh, only fifty three percent of the snaps, despite uh, no Aaron Jones. Uh, we've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, AJ Dillon is it's it's over for him. Um, what do you see from the Packers this week or last week, and then going forward? Yeah, AJ Dillon, um, Jerome Ford, Spider Man meme. Um, just I don't know nine to twelve points every week and just not that great running back play. I feel differently about Jerome Ford though. I feel like he's like a success for some reason. Um, and maybe it's cause he wasn't a high draft pick and you know, it's like overachieving versus underachieving. Um, but yeah, it looks like Aaron Jones is, uh, ruled out again. So that'll be pretty dope, but I kind of have a little bit of confidence in Jordan love moving forward. Not that I think he's going to be like, top six to eight quarterback, but just a guy that like is fine at the position. And I don't know. I had, a, I had some little bit of hint in my, my read on the Packers uh, coming into the season that maybe Matt LaFleur is like just really good 
at offense. And then you saw the first, you know, like eight weeks and you're like, oh, no, he's not. But they're playing efficiently and they're scoring touchdowns, which is a trick that a lot of teams would kill themselves to to be able to do. Um, and then after eight weeks in, I'm like, oh, it was just Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm back on the side of uh, Jordan Love's figuring some shit out. And he's going to be just perfectly fine. And they can rely on him to drop back 33 times in a game. Um, 43 times a week before. 43 the time, week before. Like, yeah, I think this might be a good evolution for the Packers offense that Aaron Jones is sitting out so they can figure out if they have a legit passing game. Um, QB 11 on the season for Jordan Love. So bully for you, man. To the Los Angeles Rams. And it is Kyron MFing Williams season. Yes, he is back with an absolutely massive 38 point in PPR day, um, saving certainly our team uh, in a main event and uh, many other teams playoff hopes. He was probably the most uh, bandied about guy as a potential league winner. Uh, the schedule certainly gets a little tougher this week against the uh, the Browns. But oh, man, if he's going to get this usage, he is absolutely going to cook. What'd you see from the Rams last week? Yeah, I don't even think that was like that insane for what he was doing earlier in the season in terms of usage. I mean, 22 opportunities, but you have to remember like where he was at um, earlier in the year. That wasn't even quite full like snap share, full route participation that he had had earlier in the year. I mean, he was up to 80% routes uh, a couple weeks. He was up to 92% of the rush attempts. Uh, earlier in the year. So, I mean, there's a reason he has had uh, two RB1 weeks, uh, an RB3 week, an RB4 week, and an RB9 week this year. And it's opportunity in an offense that knows what the fuck they're doing. And that's one of the things I'm going to take away largest from this season is that if your offensive coordinator in your offensive scheme is not strong enough to support an RB one, a wide receiver one, a quarterback um, that you know isn't a nuclear talent. Like you gotta act off that. You have to. Like we overlooked the Rams in a multitude of ways, um, and that their wide receiver one just can't get it done, and that their running back one just isn't gonna do it. Well, when have they ever ever showed you that that they're gonna flatline, right? Unless Stafford is hurt really really bad, and a backup quarterback's in there. Even Baker Mayfield last year had some really nice games for the Rams. They know what the fuck they're doing on offense. So consistency of a coaching staff and a quarterback moving season to season is going to factor in so much for me moving into next season. Because all the guys that have peaked, that have outperformed, that have been stable, consistent, wide receiver ones, RB ones, quarterback ones, that is is their setup. And it might not carry over into next season, but I would guarantee you the majority of them will. Um, I mean, there's a reason you don't change your OC. You don't change your, your head coach. Your quarterback gets to start again. Your wide receiver is the starting wide receiver again. Um, and Kyron, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I did a lot of talking about him um, whenever he's coming out in the draft because he was so slow. Um and his his times he didn't quite hit the benchmarks, but dude just plays football really fucking well, and we got to get over that. Um, I bought him at a, probably his lowest point 
uh, I think three weeks into his four week absence in Dynasty, and I'm super happy that I did. Um, so, bully for you, man. I think he's going to be a legit, very good player. I don't know how long it, like I said, running backs that are taken after like round three, I don't know you shit. Like, I'm not, you're not on my mortgage. Like, I can be done with you the moment a whatever. Braylon Allen comes available in the second round of the draft, but this is really cool to see just what the Rams can do in a stable offense with a good scheme and a good coordinator and just like an average quarterback. Kyron Williams certainly profiling as a volume, uh, kind of dependent volume based, uh, running back one for, uh, every game that he's active the rest of the season. I think, uh, an interesting discussion point is what the hell do we do with Cooper cup and Puka Nakua? Last week, we saw Matt Stafford throw four touchdown passes. Uh, two of those went to Tyler Higby. So congratulations on the annual Tyler Higby multi-touchdown game. I would not bet on that um, going forward. Uh, I think both um, Puka and Cooper Cup are kind of in the wide receiver two range. Uh, I would, If I had to choose one of them, because I do have one team with both of them, uh, I think I lean Puka. I'd like to see Cooper look fully healthy before I confidently throw him out there but uh do you have a lean one way or the other on the uh the pass catchers for the rams i mean i think it's i think i think naku is is a guy i'd much rather have heading for, into the rest of this season i i don't know if cooper cup is even gonna play football next year i've heard rumblings of like he doesn't really need this shit um but if he does and he is committed and he's back here with this group like i think um I want I want some exposure to it, um, but I, I'm not going to, you know, I think you would be conjuring up some potions if you thought Cooper Cup was going to outperform Puka rest of the season, and sometimes things happen and it just, like, fucking flips, um, and there's not a lot of reasoning behind it. So, uh, but the evidence in front of us tells me that Puka is your, your Rams wide receiver you want you want to play the rest of the season. The next team up is the Minnesota Vikings, who are on a bye. I think the the thing to keep an eye on here is we're getting Justin Jefferson back next week. Uh, when he went out originally, it was always um, week 14 that I was targeting um, because they had the bye in week 13. So uh, there was some hope that you might see him last week, but uh, week 14, he should be fully healthy, good to go. I think it's interesting to think through what does that do how does that trickle down to the rest of the passing uh, targets? TJ Hawkinson, as we already talked about, is your tight end one. There's no way you're going away from him. Jordan Addison, however, has been kind of disappointing over the past month-ish of the season. Maybe um, when he's not being asked to be the wide receiver one, you might actually get a little increase in efficiency. But uh, do you have a uh, a lean one way or the other about what we're going to do with Minnesota pass-catching targets? I think it'll open up things a little bit for Jordan Addison. Um, with Justin Jefferson back, but it's all kind of hinging on whether they can get just stable, okay quarterback play, which hasn't been a promise um, over the last two weeks with Josh Jobs after the little honeymoon week. Um, but obviously, Justin Jefferson can make your life easier. Um, so um, I think you give Addison probably one week with Jefferson back to, to keep your trust. Uh, and he had some opportunities last week. Um, so let's not pretend like you know, it's just not happening there. Um, I think there was a drop. I think there was a handful of, of, uh, of bad passes to him. So um, I, uh, 
I think this the first week is going to be super telling. And do you, does life get easier for Josh Dobbs uh, and create more space for Jordan Addison um, because of the presence of Justin Jefferson? And I think that's the way I read it right now. Speaking of stable, okay quarterback play, we move to the New Orleans Saints. And stable and okay is about all you can say about uh, Derek Carr. The big question this week for this team is, is Chris Olave going to play? As of Saturday morning, he is still in the concussion protocol, but has not yet been ruled out. Uh, The nice thing is you will know pretty early tomorrow morning whether he's going to go or not. Uh, You might even get the late night Adam Schefter tweet uh, that he has cleared protocol. I think if he does, he sets up as a very strong play. Uh, They have the Lions this week, who we already mentioned, are uh, a really favorable matchup for receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, I think Derek Carr is squarely on the sleeper-type quarterback matchup uh, play this week if you have to throw him in there, if Olave goes. Uh, But if he doesn't, you are looking at a real wasteland of pass catchers. Um, A.T. Perry, Lynn Bowden, yes, that guy. (laughs) And uh, Keith Kirkwood, who I can tell you nothing about other than he has three K's in his name. Um, I don't want to start any of them. I might be forced into starting A.T. Perry in a main event um, league this week. Uh, but that really sounds like it's it's tight end time. And that is Taysom Hill music. That is Juwan Johnson music. Juwan Johnson, who led the team in routes last week. So you could see a very heavy Alvin Kamara multi-tight end viable game plan this week against the lions. Cause they're going to have to score some points. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not heavily exposed to any saints because, uh, I didn't like how muddy the situation was on my only Chris Olave shares in a very high stakes league. So I hope that, uh, plays out, but I just don't, I'm not starting any of these guys cause I didn't own them at the beginning of the season. Cause I thought it might get like this. <laughs> so, all right, moving quickly now. We've got the Giants, who are uh, also are on by this week. So, um, got a nice little Jalen Hyatt breakout uh, game last week. Uh, he is not somebody that you're going to feel confident necessarily starting, but hey, his dynasty shares uh, they have a pulse. Uh, Tommy DeVito is um, just absolutely eating sacks and. Um, interceptions so um keep an eye on the giant schedule going forward and start the defense against them get saquon out of here please please god to the philadelphia eagles and it's not necessarily like fantasy interesting but um the corpse of julio jones ran 30 routes last week on 38 dropbacks that's that's weird. I mean, that's certainly legally allowed. You don't have to do that, but I guess you can. Uh, Devonta Smith, uh, after a quiet uh, open to the season, has been a top 20 PPR wide receiver um, in four straight games. He's averaging 19.1 points. Um, some of that has obviously come without Dallas Goddard, who returns this week. But Devonta Smith, uh, target share of uh, 33% over the last month. So he's back. Anything on the uh, the Eagles? Yeah, you were a little worried on Devontae Smith um, and your dynasty roster for, I don't know, uh, about four to six weeks there, but uh, stabilized quite a bit. I don't know if Dallas Goddard's going to be a full contributor right off the jump. Um, obviously, a very gruesome injury that happened to him, and um, I think there's still working his way back quite a bit to being at full strength. So I wouldn't make plans based on him getting a large target share at, at this moment. 
to the Seattle Seahawks, who um, played Thursday night. Obviously, they had the uh, laser show against the Cowboys. Man, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you uh, have two teams playing on Thursday night that have a full week of rest. It's exactly what we wanted. Um, welcome back, Geno Smith, who had looked uh, not great uh, for the past couple of weeks. Obviously, a lot of that was injury-related, but I think the the highlight is going to be uh, DK Metcalf's just absolute explosion. Three touchdowns um, obviously sets you up very well this week for a win. Uh, we saw Zach Charbonnet get a ton of work, got hurt, left early, but looks like he's going to be okay. What you see from the Seahawks? Yeah, Charbonnet looks really good, man. Um just in the, every time he touches the ball, it's like kind of just looks like a different kind of running back than you see a lot of the time, just violent and a lot of momentum, a lot of power. Um, and then, yeah, this is the kind of like spike week you hate from uh, a wide receiver, one that you might have just kind of been fading at some point and set to your bench every once in a while. And then he pops off for three tutties and there's no real reason behind it. Um, that's kind of frustrating. So, um, Good for you if you started DK on a Thursday night game, which are usually run-based games um, or rushing-based games and uh, against a defense that hasn't allowed things like this. But uh, it's kind of nonsensical spike week, which is, uh, which is the best kind. To the San Francisco 49ers, and welcome back Debo Samuel. Yes, 30% target share on Thanksgiving. Uh, in his prior five games, he had only had um, 16%, so... Um, in certain matchups, he's definitely still viable on the uh, wide receiver two radar every single week. I think if I'm playing 49ers um, pieces over the the end of this season, it's CMC, obviously. Uh, and then from the pass catchers, Ayuk seems to be a weekly constant. And then it's just Debo and Kittle kind of alternating weeks. You're unlikely to have better options. But uh, this week against the Eagles, man, I think it might be a start all your Niners. Yeah, they're going to get pressed, obviously, offensively. The Eagles can put up points. Um, and then the Eagles' defense just hasn't quite been what people thought it was or what it was last year, quite honestly. Um, CMC, goddamn, man. Just a remark. One of the best running back seasons I can remember. Uh, he's going to challenge for like some of those crazy like Priest Holmes, uh, Jamal Charles kind of years uh, when this thing's over with and we have a retrospective. But... Yeah, Ayuk has a really nice little floor that he's built out for himself, and he's all the way up to wide receiver 16, um, which is encouraging. And uh, everyone that has uh, staked their their future concerns on Brandon Ayuk, congratulations. I uh, I tried to as long as I could. And then uh, I actually don't have any – I have a couple of Brandon Ayuk shares in Dynasty, but um, good for you guys. To the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I think we can um, – at least maybe make a case like Adam Levitan did on Twitter this week that this is Mike Evans' best season. 30 years old, but on pace for 83 catches, 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. He is um, grading out as PFF's number 15 wide receiver among 102 qualifiers, um, squarely on the wide receiver one map every single week, 28% uh, first read target share. Mike Mike Evans, congratulations, buddy. Yeah, good on you if you read this coming into the – the season I did not, um, and I don't think there was any direct signal. You were just probably faith, faith drafting, um, and have liked the previous seasons Mike Evans has given your team. So, um, way to go if you read it right. Um, I don't know if there was a ton of evidence to do so, but uh, you're reaping the benefits as of now. Uh, moving forward, I think I'm pretty 
confident in Mike Evans next year and the year after uh, delivering something around wide receiver one or two uh, borderline production. And then Rashad White gives you a nice little baseline, 13 points, um, his worst week in six weeks, which is something to say for Rashad White, who has snuck into RB7. Thank you, Rashad White, for doing what Ramondre Stevenson couldn't. And finally, we end with the Washington Commanders, who are looking like they are going to be a bug on a windshield this week facing the Dolphins. Uh, Sam Howell is coming off of two kind of down weeks, but he's going to have to throw in this one. I think he's squarely on the quarterback one uh, map. Uh, If you have to start him this week, it's going to be a tough setup, but there's going to be a lot of garbage time points. I think what's really interesting to me about this team is Curtis Samuel is now leading the commanders with a 21% targets per route run, uh, tying with Terry McLaurin, um, getting 16% of the first read targets. It's certainly not what we expected coming into the year, but Curtis Samuel showing signs of life. Maybe it's because uh, Jahan Dotson has met his untimely demise. But uh, any thoughts on the commanders this week? Yeah, they seem all too happy to throw the ball at the line of scrimmage or behind it to Curtis Samuel like consistently, uh, like every uh, (laughs) set of downs they get, um, which creates an opportunity for him. It's not huge. He's not even going to have like crazy spike weeks i would uh, i would assume but uh some floor there with the catches and then the yardage um Jahan dotson i mean yeah he's had a crappy week but uh these four are not a great week but for these last five weeks are things that you would have prayed for uh the first month of the season so at least there's something happening there's a stat line being created for him uh in general and then gibson might miss this week which might crank up a little bit of brian robinson shares or targets and when he's gotten targets he has been super productive uh 20% in week 11 uh gave you 20 PPR points 15% in week 10 gave you 28 PPR points so Brian Robinson does some stuff when he catches the football even though the roles don't feel like those fit that's kind of what's happened in the uh commander's offense so um if Robin if uh Gibson is out Robinson might uh might give you a big number All right, that takes us to the end of the Week 13 action items for the NFC. It's a big one out there, so go out and uh, get a win, secure your playoff buy, get yourself into the playoffs. And if you're in the FFPC, like we are, go win some money. Hell yeah.